Welcome to Science of Life, a podcast that explores life and ideas through the lens of personality, relationship, and faith. We're your hosts, Jen and Elisa. Thanks so much for joining us. Today, we are talking about the five love languages. Speaking of love. Speaking of love. <laughs> um, I love The Great British Baking Show. <laughs> How much do you love The Great British Baking Show? Um, I love it so much that I've watched it on repeat probably four times, like all the <laughs> way through. <laughs> <laughs> Can you like say the lines with the people as they talk? I remember the bakes and then I like repeat how they say their words because they're different. <laughs> like, like mascarpone. I did. <laughs> yes, I took note of that. Um, basil, oregano. Basil. Oregano. I like that Biscuits. One. I just watched a biscuit sculpture episode. Biscuits. The absence <laughs> of cookies always makes me sad. They made candy bars. I mean, they were saying that they were bis- like chocolate-covered biscuits, and I was trying to figure out, like, are these, like, biscuit that are, you know, dipped in chocolate? Uh-huh. But they were fully cookie, like, uh, sorry, candy bars, like huh. like, Snicker- like Snickers-type things, how which funny. was so funny that that's how they would associate. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, it's like, oh. Well, I love the Great British Baking Show, too, although apparently not as much as you because (laughs) I've only watched it through once and even that not quite all the way. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of love, I um, love Cheez-Its, which I've been munching on over here as we've prepped Mm. for this episode. They are lovable. Yeah, I feel like a little kid when I'm eating them, but I just love them. They're great. I love Cheez-Its, too. And you know what else we love? What do we love? We love you, our listeners. We do. (laughs) Thanks for listening, listeners. (laughs) I love how much you guys love stuff. And so, (laughs) (laughs) thanks, producer Aaron. (laughs) Well, ladies, I love you both so much. We love you. I love Elisa's blue eyes. And Jen's, you know, beautiful voice and her singing is beautiful. Now you guys can say things about me. <laughs> That's my question. Oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's our question. <laughs> so what do you like about me? A spontaneous expression of love. So these, are, these questions are, these are truly spontaneous. I have, to, I have to throw that in there. In case our <laughs> listeners are wondering. <laughs> oh, well. So, Elisa... <laughs> Uh, Alisa, your What do you love about me? Oh, oh, so many things. Erin, <laughs> I love. She just loves your eyes, though. I mostly your eyes. <laughs> your, oh, your my eyes. Your deep, lovely <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I love what a professional producer you are. Right, mm. especially um, in your producer shirt over there. I she is wearing her <laughs> producer shirt. Yes, I wish everyone could see it. <sighs> Um, wow, this is really funny that you came prepared with things mm-hmm. to say you loved about us. It's unfair. It is unfair. I love how you, most people, see sort of a maybe more quiet or serious side of you, but you make me laugh so hard Aww. so often, and I love your sense of humor. Well, thank you, Lisa. 
Jen. Did I do a good job? Did I do a good job, Erin? <laughs> and next, <laughs> it's your turn, Jen. What do you What do you love about me, Jen? Um, is it my beautiful voice? <laughs> actually, yes. <laughs> you have helped me many a time in that department. Um, no, I was gonna say your perspective. I love, I love your perspective mm-hmm. on things like. I love listening to you talk about stuff. And I know you don't always love talking about stuff because you feel like you do not know your own worth in that regard. And I love that. But every time you talk about things that you've read or that you're thinking about or just how, how you think about things like parenting and marriage and I just could go on and on. I love to listen to what you have to say. Yep. You're one of my favorite people Sweet. to hear from, actually. So I feel so affirmed, you guys. Good. So much. <laughs> Hopefully this is going to help us with the podcast. It is. I, uh, yep. Perfect. You're welcome for Moving that spontaneous on. love. Yeah. <laughs> well, on our last episode, we talked about Gary Chapman and his apology languages. Yes. And maybe we're sort of going in backward order here because probably a lot of people out there aren't familiar with the apology languages, but most people are at least a little bit familiar with Gary Chapman's five love languages. Yes. Yeah. And so we're going to look at that a little bit and what ours are and how the different personalities maybe interact with those because that's a question that I've frequently had people ask is what the different love languages are for the different personalities and if there's any connection. A lot of people do want to connect them. Oh, yeah. I find. Yeah. And I've developed opinions about that. Ooh, I'm excited (laughs) to hear them. (laughs) So as a quick refresher, um, last time we gave more details about each of the apology languages because those were probably new for most people. Yeah, not as well known. Um, But uh, so we're not going to go into any length explaining these. In fact, the names themselves are pretty self-explanatory. But the five love languages are quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, and gifts. Mm -hmm. So there they are. (laughs) And uh, I think Jen and I would like to take a wild guess that perhaps our producer Aaron's (laughs) number one love language might be words of affirmation. Yes, it's true. (laughs) It's words of affirmation. (laughs) Thank you for loving me. Which could explain why she coerced us into giving her compliments. Yes, you fell into my trap. It was a good trap. It was a very loving trap. Uh, Jen, do you know what yours, your top one is? I would, probably words of affirmation also. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. well, that's interesting because Jerry, Jerry, Gary Chapman, the man himself, says that words of affirmation are the number one love language. Huh. Uh, based on a survey that he has done of a great many people, I think what I read said that um, it was 10,000 people, uh, and it's people who've interacted with him in some way, I think, like people who've gone to his conferences or been involved in counseling or something, mm. so have you know, really know what those five love languages are. Mm. Um, Words of affirmation takes 23% Mm. of uh, the population. So that that's the number one. Yeah. It's not my number one. What is your number one? Well, 
my number one is gifts, huh. which is interesting because it gifts tends to get ranked pretty low. On his survey, it was the lowest, um, only at 18%, though. I mean, these are all hovering right around 20, obviously, because there's five of them. Um, words is up at 23. Gifts is low at 18, but that's only a 5%. Mm-hmm. differential so it is lowest though and uh something I read was saying something that I've always sort of felt is that people feel hesitant to maybe acknowledge gifts as a love language because it sounds materialistic hmm. or selfish in a way that some of the others don't necessarily like quality time for instance sounds nice because it implies being with other people there's like sort of a camaraderie in that love language whereas gift giving is I don't know I think it's perceived as just a little more selfish or materialistic or something when really the idea behind gift giving is that the reason the gift means a lot to somebody is because of the time and thought and consideration that went into giving it just like time thought and consideration went into giving words of affirmation yeah which makes so much sense Right. I would say I agree with that because you do love to give gifts to other people. So it's not just about what you like to receive. It's definitely, I think, also what you're most comfortable giving out love. And I know I've received some wonderful and sweet gifts from you over the years. They were really thoughtful. And I think knowing that about you makes it mean even more, Mm. you know. Which is the, uh, that's very sweet. Thank you. You're Since welcome. words of affirmation, that was, that was so kind, Jen. Fill <laughs> <laughs> uh, buckets. <laughs> and that is, the, that is the whole idea of the uh, love languages is wanting to love people how they want to be loved, speaking their mm-hmm. love language, but then also being able to recognize if something isn't necessarily, necessarily your love language, but it is somebody else's learning to recognize when that person is showing love. Yeah. If works of service isn't yours, but somebody is doing something really nice for you or helping you out with something, uh, recognizing that that is them showing yes. love, even if that's not your number one love language. Yeah. I think that's so key in relationships and understanding others being willing to receive not just understanding that that's what they're doing but yeah actually accepting that yeah, gesture yeah. and taking that as that expression of love right you can see why this has been so transformational in marriages especially I mean there's he's mm-hmm. got the parenting book about it recognizing how our children need to be loved and of course it matters a lot in friendships and other relationships mm-hmm. too but mm-hmm. you can see where it really is transformational in marriages yeah. now as far as how it relates to personality uh, I created this spreadsheet here. Oh my word! <laughs> You're so amazing. I, somehow spreadsheets isn't one of the love languages, but um, I've got one here because there is a, an article at thoughtcatalog.com about the different personalities and what their top love languages are. Well, really ranked um, top to bottom, and uh. Anyhow, I, it's sort of laid out in a way where each personality has its own page. It wasn't all, you know, combined into one oh, handy graphic. Annoying. Thus, my spreadsheet here. <laughs> I went through <laughs> each page and entered them in. And here's what I discovered, Jen. Hmm. Based on this survey of 2,000 people, I'm inclined to think that people don't really know themselves that well because this just doesn't seem like it can possibly be right. 
There are 16 Myers-Briggs personality types, yes? Yes. Yes. Of those 16, 13 of the 16 said that their number one love language is quality time. Their number one? Their number one is quality time. And the three who didn't say that, quality time was their number two. So quality time was top for all 16 personalities. It was number one for 13 of them and number two for the other three. Even though Gary Chapman says number one is words. Um, And the Uh. number five, the bottom one, for 15 of the 16 personality types was gifts. And for the one that wasn't, it was their second to last. Hmm. So across the board, all 16 personality types, essentially quality time was first and gifts was last. And I just have a hard time believing that the most introverted of the introverts would say quality time is their number one. And the most extroverted of the extroverts, the one who want to be the ones who want to be everywhere all the time with everyone doing all the things would say that quality time is their number one. Like the, from yeah. most extroverted to most introverted and everything in between, that just doesn't ring true to me that every single one of them would have said quality time was their top. I don't know many people who would say they don't appreciate quality time. I feel like it's a little bit more one of those sort of universal things. And maybe when they're thinking about quality time, they're thinking of something very different from what you might be thinking of in terms of what quality time might mean to them. So there's that to consider. But then also, like, I think that... Because like an introvert can say quality time is one-on-one with the person in the world I'm the most comfortable with. Right. And that their undivided attention or, or like thinking about like, for example, I'm going to use my mom. My mom is an example. She would think that like us reading together is quality separately. Like she's on one couch with her book. I'm on another couch with a book. She might call that quality time, but would she say that's her number one way of experiencing love? She would, probably. Would she? Mm-hmm. In that scenario, though, right? Like, spending time with people that she's very comfortable with. Right. Well, okay, I get that quality time looks different for different people. But for all 16 to say that that's their top, and for Gary Chapman to say, no, no, it's actually words. Like, his studies yeah. have shown that it's word. By a 3% margin, Time quality time came in second, tied with acts of service. Both of those were 20%. Words of affirmation was 23% based on his sampling of 10,000 people. So do you think it's that they didn't really know what they were talking about? Well, here's the other thing. <laughs> gifts, ca- gifts came in lowest for everyone. And again, this there could have been individuals who took this test uh-huh. who said gifts was highest for them. But as a, as a personality yes. group, yes. gifts came in lowest for everyone. Yes. And so I just look at this and I see what I said before. Quality time feels somehow others-centered, even as I'm receiving love. Quality time is involving other people too whereas Mm -hmm. gifts feels a little more like it's just about me (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so I'm Mm -hmm. I am being cynical here I feel like people see gifts as selfish and quality time as altruistic even in the context of receiving love from other people and maybe there's sort of a bias towards favoring one over the other because this just seems crazy to me that all 16 that it would pan out this evenly across all 16 personality types so then would you say that this study, in your opinion, is either done with people who don't really know, like, who either aren't, like, self-aware, they don't really know the definition of what those things are, or 
that personality type is not linked? Well, I've struggled with that. I feel like if it was just about personality not being linked, then these results would line up with Gary Chapman's results. And they do a little bit. I mean, it's not super far off because he also said that GIFs is the least frequent, but again, only by a 5% margin and only deviated by 2% from the average. Um, I, I think it would have lined up more with what he found in his results. I think this particular sampling of people maybe don't really understand the love languages well enough to be a trustworthy source. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. And you might be right, the perception, you know, the perception of what those things are and what's valued in our culture. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if I say I value quality time versus gifts, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just something about that that sounds better. That sounds better, (laughs) right? Um, And there was an article in the Huffington Post um, titled, This is the Most Common of the Five Love Languages. And it was referencing uh, Gary Chapman's survey and had some interview questions with him as well and uh they were the ones who happened to mention also that gifts gets kind of a bad rap Mm. and so I think I I trust Gary Chapman's survey more because it is based on people who've actually gone through his material and understand the gifts a little bit more whereas this other one I don't know if it was I don't know how well the people taking the survey actually understand what each of the gifts represents so what's your husband? What's his love language? Well, we've been, we've never like totally landed on that for sure. I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's uh, works of service, mm. acts of service. Mm-hmm. How about your husband? I think the same. Same? Yeah. It seems very practical. It does, although it's the hardest for me to do. Is it? Yes. Yes. So you'd <laughs> rank it lowest of the five? Yes. Huh. Why is that, do you think? Maybe not as much anymore because I feel like my life is demanding now. So I do appreciate help more than yeah. I used to, you know. But I I find that it's easier, I guess, maybe for me to express love verbally or through offering quality time or even a gift. Any of the other ones, I feel like I'm on board. Yeah. I'm on board and I can see the, the validity. But with acts of service, it's just... For I would say for other people, it feels like something I can do more naturally. But with my husband, I feel like he he is so he's just a doer. Yeah, he does everything like and he does it really well. Yeah. So for me to try to take on something that he does and do it to a level that he feels like it's actually a burden that's been lifted. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Rather than just me coming and saying, oh, I did this thing for you. And he's like, but you did a really terrible job. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think that there, there are some, I know his his standards are really high for himself as well as for other people, you know, yeah. like just, just as high for himself. So that's probably why it's, maybe I'd be more inclined if I didn't feel like it had to be to a certain so you feel like possibly your work would fall short in terms of actually being able to adequately express love towards him I liken it to a mom telling her kids to load the dishwasher (laughs) or put ornaments on the Christmas tree and then the mom going back later and seeing what a haphazard job was done (laughs) redoing the ornaments and rearranging the dishwasher to be the way that she loads it I think it's like 
oh that's so cute that you did that uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> now let me go and fix what you did I don't think he thinks that all the time for sure but oh yeah there are times where I'm like man I don't think I'm actually benefiting anything that's so funny well, and then in terms of how works of service translates to love for you, we read the book, A Man Called Uva. Uva. Yeah. <laughs> and there were elements to his character that reminded you a bit of your husband. And yes. some of it had to do with that, the way he would just do things for people. And yes. he maybe seemed really matter of fact about it, but you recognize that that was how his character showed yes. love for people. And you said that same thing that He's exactly the same way. He's so, and it just, he's so thorough. He is so thorough in a way that many people are not. So to even try to match that level of doing is very intimidating Mm because he's just so skillful at it. Now, one thing that always sort of hangs over me in the conversations about love languages is worry that I'm not a loving person. (laughs) Because if I say that gift giving is my love language, then I feel like that means I ought to be giving gifts like constantly. Like if I'm not giving gifts, but it's my number one love language, then does that mean I don't love people or that I'm in a particularly selfish mode if I'm not actively giving gifts or if it's works of service uh, and I'm not doing that for people, does that mean that I'm not loving? You know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm curious how often because some things come a little more readily like words of affirmation Mm -hmm. you can give fairly easily whereas something like gifts or acts of service requires time and thought and thought and it's outside of just the normal flow of things whereas you can give words in the course of a normal day Mm -hmm. but do you find yourself feeling that way sometimes that yeah well I think because words of affirmation are the big one for me but then like I look at, I know several people who see words of affirmation as flattery. Uh-huh. So they don't give it out and they don't accept it either. Or they have a really hard time accepting it. And that's a those kinds of scenarios I think would be really difficult to navigate if that's like, like that's where I'm strongest at is to like, although, although I will say, I think words of affirmation can be applied in different ways also. So it's not just uh, maybe a way that I'm used to encouraging could be reformatted, I guess, yeah. to have a different focus. So maybe not so much of a focus on the person like this blind, like you're just so great. (laughs) You're amazing. (laughs) Like instead of that, like being really specific and concrete, like, Hey, I saw you doing this thing and I think it's really effective or it's, it's almost like you're verbalizing something that they've done. Like you are focusing on them instead of your own thoughts about them. I guess that's a difference. Interesting. So So same thing, but different different method so do you ever find yourself in a season where you realize you haven't been giving words of affirmation as often yes what does that reflect is that at times where you're just busy and distracted or times where you're not feeling particularly loving towards people yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) well I'm feeling guilty because I'm thinking oh gosh yes with my children probably well I'm just trying to think for gifts like Mm -hmm. when was the last time I gave somebody a gift and off the top of my head I'm well, I'm blanking at the moment. And so if I haven't given somebody a gift, like what does that actually mean for somebody whose love language is gifts? How often should I be giving gifts to people, I guess is what I mean. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. And well, but does it does it really talk? I mean, is it necessary that it's like that? It has to be a frequent expression all well, the time. I don't know. That's what because some lend themselves to more frequent expression than yeah, others you know true. words are just like they just come out whereas gifts you have to like make or spend money on or right. create somehow <laughs> right. yeah I don't know that's a good question right and kind of like the uh words of or the languages of apologies saying I'm sorry tends to come a little more easily than making restitution for instance where you actually have to do something to make right the wrong that you had done yeah so it's like some of those languages come a little more readily and some take a little more time and effort and I think that's true with the love languages as well well and we said with the apologies it's definitely dependent on relationship and situation Mm -hmm. and that's probably the same thing with love language also it depends on who it is and how in what context And, you know, because a spouse, it does feel wonderful. Like if it is in your wheelhouse of what you want, Mm -hmm. like if my husband comes to me to encourage me by saying really kind and thoughtful things to me, or if your husband gets you a really thoughtful gift, those things feel wonderful. Yeah. But you have been with him for long enough that like numerous expressions of love are just as meaningful. It's not like I need gifts. Right. All day, every day to know that he loves me. I'll, I'll let him know. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> please let my husband know. More gifts all day. Um, I, I just read something that Gary Chapman said about gifts, actually, as kind of a side note. He said, anthropologists have explored the ethnographies of hundreds of cultures around the world. They have never discovered a culture where gift giving is not an expression of love. Huh. So in some form, gift giving happens in all cultures throughout all times. That's really interesting. But it's going to look different from culture to culture and age to age. Yeah. So there's a lot of speculation about personality and love languages. And you see, you know, I referenced this thought catalog one where I kind of disagree with the results. I saw other blog posts and articles making speculations that were wildly different than these results yeah uh so you kind of see stuff that's all over the map and I've come to the conclusion again my unprofessional unstatistically based (sighs) conclusion that any personality type can can move towards any of the love languages I don't think the love languages are tied to personality type in any way I agree yeah yeah I do. I do think it's possible that any one of them could have any one of the love languages. So Well, we're agreed. That makes it official. Yay. And it's time for our winks and drinks. Winks and drinks. Party, party. Um, I'm saying party, party because our drink today <laughs> <laughs> is really delicious. It's just grapefruit juice right and Elisa made it so that's why I'm like saying what it is and looking at her for yes. confirmation <laughs> just grapefruit juice and tequila that's right silver tequila it's incredible it it tastes very clean is the word I keep thinking of because the grapefruit juice is tart and there's just nothing else in it no other stuff no soda no other flavors or liqueurs or anything it's just yeah Produce. It's like sweet enough to feel really good, like like a little bit of a treat, 
but not too sweet. And you can control how much you put in so you can mix it real mild or whatever. It's really good. It's tasty. Refreshing. It is. On these hot fall days. I know. know. Which we referenced last time, too. Uh, So that's our drink. And our wink for you all this week is for our female listeners, the (laughs) Ipsy bag, which you may or may not have seen advertised on Facebook, which is how I came across it. I can't say enough good things about it. It's a bag of mostly makeup. It's like makeup and skincare and a little bit of hair care. You fill out a profile when you sign up about what your color tones are and what your skin type is like and what products you are or aren't interested in. And then once a month, you get a cute little bag. The bags are awesome, like good quality little bags uh, filled with five items that are either travel size or full size. And I've received several full size products. And the first bag came, I was on a waiting list for a couple of months because I think they're real popular right now. Um, So I was on the waiting list for a couple of months before I got my first one. But the first one came and I had to go and double check that they had only charged me $10 and that I hadn't accidentally signed up for like the bigger, better bag because I was so impressed with the contents that were inside. I liked every single item and received several full size items. And um, I do think uh, they've upped their price from $10 to $12 now as they gain momentum and popularity. But I have received two bags. And my third one, I just got a notice that it's in the mail. And I've been super happy with it. You're the second person to recommend an Ipsy. Really? Yeah. Yep. Well. So maybe I'll give it a try. I've been a little skeptical. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Well, I was too, but it just doesn't put you out that much money and you don't sign any kind of a, like if I didn't like that first bag, I could have canceled, you know? Hmm. I might give it a try. Give it a try, Jen. Give it a try, Erin. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I will. (laughs) That's my gift to you. The advice (laughs) to get an Ipsy bag. Thanks again for joining us today and join us next time when we talk about crisis. Bye for now. Bye for now. This episode is brought to you by Show It. Are you stuck in a boring website template? Experience true creative freedom with the drag and drop simplicity of a Show It website. Get started for free at showit.co.